Welcome to EU Code Week Podcasts. We bring coding, computational thinking, robotics, and innovation closer to you, your community, and your school. Hello, everyone, and welcome. As always, we are your hosts, Eugenia Casariego and Arjana Vlasic. The EU Code Week team is here to provide the latest resources and materials, as well as practical insights on how to help teachers bring more coding and programming into the classroom. And as you know, dear listeners, Code Week wants to support the digital transformation in education, as well as sowing the potential of coding and its practical applications in the real world. We want to encourage you to bring coding and computational thinking to your young students or children. That's why in this episode we will focus on the use of programming in science, with examples on how coding is used in various scientific processes. Giving more insight on the applications of programming in science is our guest speaker, Povilas Norvegias. He is the principal scientist of bioinformatics at RO5, using modern data analytics methods to augment drug development. He also holds a PhD in computational biology. Welcome to the Codewick Podcast, Pavelas. Can you tell our listeners more about yourself? Uh, so first of all, hello, Ariana and Eugenie. It's my pleasure to join this podcast and thank you for inviting me. And I hope that our discussion will be useful for your listeners. Now, in terms of a short introduction, I think it can be summarized in one sentence that I am an interdisciplinary scientist working on augmenting a drug discovery process. I'm working in a field of, of biology at the intersection of biology and data science, and I'm applying modern data analytics, data science approaches in analyzing biological data with the goal of using the insights derived from this analysis in developing new drugs and developing new methods also to create drugs. Tell us a bit more about your background in programming, Povilas. Uh, did you decide to study biology first or was it programming that you studied first or did they come hand in hand so to say my background is quite interdisciplinary and i think coding came in as um, as a very valuable tool for me now to give a broader overview i did an undergraduate degree in biophysics and why i've chosen this area because it, it sort of combined two major interests that I had. So I, I was always fascinated by biology, fascinated by bugs and all the living things. And uh, it was really a, sort of a curiosity of mine that drove me in that direction. At the same time, I had very much an engineering mindset and I was fond of maths, fond of physics and sort of a computer science or working with a computer came as a natural part of it. When I was choosing the undergraduate de degree that I wanted to study, I tried to combine these interests and biophysics came as a, a natural amalgamation of the two because you would be working on biology and biology-focused problems, but at the same time applying approaches that are generally used in engineering disciplines, modeling, coding, etc. And what I found is that coding was an invaluable tool for me in accomplishing projects and, and sort of a task that I was working on. For me, programming always was a means to an end. It wasn't the ultimate goal to learn to code. Coding was always used to accomplish something else. And I've always viewed it as a, a sort of a tool of a craftsman that wants to build something. I was running simulations of 
how drugs interact with the proteins in a, in a human body. And I could do only as much by running that software manually. And I figured that by learning to code and automating that process, my throughput would be much greater. Essentially, through that problem, I found ways how I could use coding to be better at what I'm doing. And this approach really served me well in my career. And it's to this day how, how I use code. It's essentially allowing me to accomplish, to realize scientific ideas as a tool that encompasses my way of thinking and puts it in an algorithm and allows me to scale really this famous quote by Steve Jobs that coding or, or, or computer in his own words, is a bicycle for mind and for a scientist's mind that empowers you to do great things. It's very interesting to see how your background is really interdisciplinary and how you use coding for all the tasks that you need to complete in your work. My next question would be, do you believe that knowing programming can be a paving stone for a modern scientist, regardless of the discipline? So first of all, at least from my perspective, I do believe that coding, as much as it can be used as a tool, in the end becomes a way of thinking. So it's much broader than just writing an algorithm. It makes you think in algorithms. So whenever you're approaching a particular problem, it structures your thinking around that problem. So I would, I would probably think of coding as a broader discipline than just an application in, in, a, in a particular discipline. When people are studying maths, it's not only the mathematical operations that they learn, it's also logic. So I think programming, coding serves very similar purpose from that perspective that it makes you structure your thinking in a certain way around the problem. You start thinking in an algorithm, inputs and outputs, and what are the steps, what are the modules that we're using in the process. So that's sort of addressing the broader perspective of what coding can accomplish as, as a part of the curriculum. In terms of the application of coding, in a context of STEM, science, uh, technology, engineering, maths, it's an invaluable tool. And I think, especially at this point in time, it's almost unavoidable that you will be exposed to at least some level of programming uh, throughout your career. And as much as you can avoid it, it's not necessarily beneficial for you to do that. There, of course, are other kinds of science, other fields of science, where it's not necessarily immediately obvious that programming could be useful. Let's say linguistics. That said, what we are observing now in the scientific world is that the application of programming and development of tools that empower you, together with data analytics, data, data science techniques, it really transpires through the disciplines where you would never have thought that they would make an impact. Even though it's not, it might not be immediately obvious that programming can be used in, in, in such areas, if you try using it to address the problems that you face in that field, you'll probably find something that nobody else has found before. For non-coders that want to pursue a scientific career, of course, it is possible and it, it does depend on everyone's interest. And I, I'm not proposing that everybody should learn to code. But what I'm saying is that at least the awareness of what the coding encompasses and understanding of that sort of a mindset can really help you in your career. You might not become a proficient software engineer and neither am I, but understanding of those principles can be 
incredibly empowering. This last thing that you mentioned, Pavela, it's, it's especially interesting to our, to our listeners, to our audience who are teachers. And so I think it also clarifies a bit the mission of Godwick in a way, since we don't aim for all the students to become proficient programmers, but just to develop computational thinking, which is eventually what you were mentioning in a way. And, and so, yeah, just it encompasses quite quite well what, what we aim at Godwick. And not only in uh, different disciplines, but also in everyday life. Knowing how to code, knowing programming helps us look at things from a different perspectives and solve problems that we have. Completely. I totally agree with that. And I think this sort of a mindset can be applied in areas of life or disciplines where, again, you might not necessarily immediately see that application. I think a lot of people when they think about coding, they see this sort of almost linear process where you, you're you sure about the outcome, when in reality, there are plenty of opportunities of using coding to create something quite novel, and that something is not, not predicted uh, at the beginning. So it can be a, a, a very inspiring creative tool. And we've, uh, we've also had uh, podcast episodes and also we have prepared uh, different types of uh, lesson plans for our teachers on the topic of coding and art, coding and poetry. And uh, these have been very successful and students loved uh, using similar activities in their classroom. My next question would be about the curriculum in higher education. Do you think that coding and programming should be integrated in non-technical disciplines? That's a great question. From a teacher's perspective, it may seem a daunting task at first, in much as in the same way as, as learning to code can seem a bit of a daunting task if you don't know where to start. I think in my own experience, what helped me the most, and I think it's, it's relevant to this question, is finding the right problem, or essentially what it is that you want to accomplish with coding. Because coding per se, if it remains focused on you know, just writing a function or how to do two plus two, you know, it, it, it still remains in the domain of mathematics. It's not necessarily something that you can immediately see being applied in, in other areas. Finding the correct problem, I think, is the key. Ultimately, the challenge is finding the right problem that balances this complexity of the code that you need to write and the reward that you're getting. And what I gather from that as well is that then you're proposing rather than teaching coding as a thing, as a skill per se, like you're proposing more to integrate it through normal everyday problems in the classroom. Oh, that's definitely the case. Um, and, and I think it's inevitably the direction that education would need to take in the upcoming decades. Again, maybe I'm a bit biased, but the world that we are living in is no longer segmented or segregated by disciplines. So if you are a medical doctor, it's very likely that you'll still be exposed to some at least computer software. If you are a software engineer, you will be exposed to problems in biology, in, in physics, in engineering, etc. So this crosstalk between disciplines is becoming a key part of what we do as a part of our work. And as a result, I think the curriculum should represent that. Now, stepping a bit back, I think the good analogy or parallel would be mathematics. Because a lot of people maybe say that, you know, I, I don't want to study mathematics. And the reason for that is that at school, 
the way mathematics are presented is in separation from everything else. At the same time, well, you're actually using mathematics in biology, you're using mathematics in chemistry, you're using mathematics in many different disciplines. It's just that it's not necessarily shown in the curriculum in the way that's actually applied at work. Yeah, a bit closer to how it is in real life, because in a way, in real life, there are no subjects. And now you were talking a bit more about your work, probably. So tell us a bit more about your works, because when very often we think a career in coding, we tend to think of a big tech company and to software engineering, as you were mentioning before, but it's, as you said, not, not your case. So can you give us more insights in our applications of programming in, in the career and, and specifically about your job? So how does the useful workday for a bioinformatics data scientist look like? Um, how do you apply coding in your daily tasks? So in terms of application of coding in my career, it's definitely not necessarily a typical way that I'm using it in comparison to how software engineers approach it. And I'm not claiming that I'm a software engineer for that reason, because when you're talking about programming coding, there are completely different levels of proficiency and different ways you can be using it. I work on applied science and coding for me is a way to communicate my scientific ideas and encapsulate them as algorithms. And because I'm a data scientist, essentially what I'm using coding for is to either develop the methods for data analysis or perform analyses of data sets. So there are two main applications of coding. So as an example, I might be working on a human genome sequencing data sets where for each individual, you have 6.4 billion features collected. So the, the complete sequence of the genome, and then you have maybe half a million of patients for which the sequencing has been done. So you have this enormous data set for which you do have to understand the diseases that these people have and maybe differences in the, in the population. Are these maybe coming from different regions of the world, et cetera, et cetera. And in parallel, understand the statistical approaches that can be used to analyze such data. This is really the core of bioinformatics data science. And that's what more and more people that are studying to become part of this discipline are, will be pursuing in their careers. Very impressive what scientists can do with such huge amounts of data out there. You mentioned data analytics and some data analysis methods that you use. So what exactly does it mean and how do you use it in your job? Now, what is data science? To a large extent, is, is an extension of statistics. I think the main difference between data science and statistics is probably the domain in which it is applied, because data science as a, as a discipline has much broader application and also involves a range of tools that haven't been used in traditional statistics. The other distinction is probably the scale of data, because when you think about traditional statistics, and what people learn at school and also in the university, these are analysis of data sets that are very small in size. When you're talking about data science, that can be tens of thousands of observations, millions of features that are being compared, and that requires different approaches. Another distinction would be the domains in which it is applied, because traditionally you would not think that statistics can be directly applied in linguistics and image analysis, etc. But that's where data science or most recent developments in data science really came in. So it's a way of managing huge data sets and deriving insights from them. And that's really what data science provides. 
I read on your blog that you code in R and Python. Can you tell us more about it? How long uh, does it take to become proficient in these programming languages? And maybe also do you recommend some other programming languages that you use in your work? In terms of the programming languages that I would use in, on, a, on a day-to-day basis, I think the, the Python is, is really the main programming language because it's incredibly flexible and it is uh, widely adopted by people that are not necessarily proficient software engineers. It's easy to learn and there's a handful of modules or or packages in in Python that allow you to accomplish tasks in various domains Uh, and that's what makes it so appealing. It's not only that you can accomplish a particular task but you're actually doing it in a methodological principled way. In terms of R, it's a very specialized uh, programming language and it's primarily used for statistical analysis. It's also embraced by bioinformatics community. So there's a whole range of tools written in R that you can use for the analysis of biological data. And that's the reason why I I needed to learn it because uh, it was invaluable tool for me to use in my work. Took me approximately two years to become really proficient with it. But that said, if you're thinking about accomplishing a particular task, it really doesn't take that long to learn to be able to do it. You will be able to get going pretty fast. So in fact, it's about learning by doing. The more you use it, the better you become. Not only R and Python, but any other programming languages. That's definitely the case. And that, that's why identifying the problem that you find to be exciting and where you want to apply programming is the key step. We need to find the right challenge. You currently work at R05. Can you tell us more about it and the applications of data science in drug discovery? R05 is, first of all, a data analytics, machine learning, data science company that focuses on problems in drug discovery and development. And this whole field of application of data science in drug discovery is completely new. So it, it's only last five years or so, maybe 10 years at this, at this point, when it became a thing that people are interested in. Just to give you a bit of a background, what it what it actually means, during the last decade and maybe I would say 20 years, there was a revolution in data science because of a whole range of techniques that had been developed and allow you to drive insights from very large data sets. And that's exactly what has driven companies like Google, DeepMind, Facebook, etc. And there came a realization that at this point, as I mentioned in biology, we are also sitting on troves of very large data sets, but the methodology of analyzing those data sets is lacking. So there, there were techniques to collect the data that had been developed, but the analytical approaches were lagging behind. And in, in the very essence, that's what the AI and drug discovery tries to accomplish. It's using the biological data, uh, these large data sets, applying the methods that to a large extent had been developed in other areas at this point to extract insights from those data sets in a way that wouldn't be possible for humans to do. There's a number of such companies. RO5 is a startup working in this area. We primarily focus on the application of such methodologies for what is called the early stage drug discovery. Essentially, identification of molecules that could at some point potentially be drugs. And there is a whole range of 
data science techniques that at this point allow you to predict which of those molecules are better than others and with some very sophisticated methods that we have at hand also generate new molecules based on the problem at hand. And for me, as a person who's interested always interested in way too many things, it provides a lot of opportunities to learn on an everyday basis. It's, as you mentioned, a very interdisciplinary field. And, and I liked as well what you mentioned that then this allows humans in a way to do things that otherwise we would not be able in a way that's what coding programming and also in a way machine learning does. Like it allows to enhance uh, our capabilities and to bring uh, the human potential or let's say research potential a bit forward. So, so I think, thank you, that was actually very um interesting way to, to tackle how to explain data science. So to wrap up a bit for our listeners who are most parents and most of them parents and teachers, so what would you say to students who aspire to have a career in, in bioinformatics or in that data science? What's the best advice you can give coming you know, from your experience and to summarize a bit what we've been discussing today? Be extremely curious because it might as well be that you might learn data science, bioinformatics and coding on its own and it can be very rewarding. But it's also very likely that you might be interested in some other completely different problem and all of these techniques can become a valuable tool for you to use. So don't shy from it. I think especially in at this day and age when all of the resources are available online, if you're curious, it's very easy to learn these techniques or at least start working with them. And overarching advice is that it's not necessarily important to think about these areas as disciplines. It's much more important to think about what it is that you want to solve and maybe what what interests you, what drives you. Because if you have that, the tools will come in and don't be afraid to be interested in many things. Because in the end, in the world that we're living in, it's very likely that you'll be zooming in on, onto something that's completely new because nobody else has thought about that. Yeah, be curious. Thank you. I think that's a, actually a great way to wrap up and a very creative way to phrase it. Looking rather at the end goal and then finding ways to achieve that end goal rather than starting from, from the other point. And to wrap up on a few highlights, I'll pick up on, on this last thing you said about how, you know, future works, future careers involve a, a very bright set of skills, but as well involve a very bright set of disciplines in itself. And as you were explaining today, so I think that's definitely one highlight I would point out of today's episode. We've reflected a lot on how science but now more concretely data science or programming involves a, a huge number of different of different disciplines and different fields and so I think to, to kind of tie it back down to our mission in code week and, and to what teachers and our in general our listeners practice so I think this ties down to the need to integrate coding a bit more across curriculum rather than as a, as a thing in itself and just teach coding as a as a means to an end and a creative tool to, to see problems problems in a different way and another highlight that I would um, that I would pick from, from today's conversation is, is how technology is so rapidly evolving that it's important to develop skills such as computational thinking or, or even creative thinking just to adapt to these changes and to see, to learn to look a bit better at, at the end and at the purpose. But Ariana, what's uh, your thoughts on this? My highlight would also be your interdisciplinary perspective, Populous. I really think this is very, very important. And I also like how you see coding as a way to communicate ideas, scientific ideas, but not only uh, scientific ideas, as you mentioned, but also ideas in any other discipline, uh, such as linguistics or art. Also uh, using coding to express ourselves in music, in art. 
And before we close the episode, Paula, is there anything else you would like to add to say to our listeners before we wrap up? I would encourage them to dive into coding and at least try it. We live in a world that's increasingly governed by algorithms and data. And for example, there, there's maybe this a bit of a scaremongering around AI and how it will ruin the world. But in the end, I think these are incredibly valuable tools that could be used as a bicycle for a human mind. And in the same way as writing in the 16th or 17th century has empowered a lot of people to explore new ideas and share those ideas, I believe coding will serve a very similar purpose in our age. Be curious, try and explore it. It's a great way to learn by finding the right community to share the ideas with. Thank you for this inspiring message, Pogilas. It's been really great having you here on the Code Week podcast. I would like to thank you now, and I'm sure that our listeners are now more knowledgeable of all the applications for coding in science and of the use of data science in the real world as well. Thank you so much. It was a pleasure chatting with you, and I hope that our discussion has been helpful to our listeners. Uh, we hope you enjoyed this Cold Week podcast episode and are now informed when it comes to the potential uses of coding all over the science spectrum, as well as some of its practical real-world applications. And don't forget, listeners, to check out the other podcast episodes that are being published weekly, as well as all the resources that you will find on the Cold Week website, which will help you start your coding journey or help your students start their coding journey. Goodbye. Goodbye.